0: CBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. My mama cooks in Italian mama in Argentina, mama's got a chunga, yeah. My mama's mama has got a chunga, yeah. I say hola, 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 I say yeah, 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 I got a chunga, yeah. And greetings, ben disayone, salutados, welcome, good to have you, good to talk with you, good to be here. Good for me to be here and for you to be there listening to what I have to say. I am Easy Weave here on Easy Does It on the DBN Network with a, I don't know if it's special, I guess I kind of sort of do, I, I, you know, normally either a weekly thing or I've been a lax a little bit as the off-season starts, so I don't know that today's a special uh, broadcast, but I will say that the, the, um, uh, the, the reason, the catalyst for doing it was the, doing it today anyway, <clears throat> and doing it uh, in, in somewhat hurried fashion. Not that I ever really do show prep for any of these, but nevertheless, the... Uh items that have happened over the last couple of days the events if, if for some reason you don't know if this is if if you have made it to this cast without hearing anything about Brown's news uh, over the last couple of days and at the time of this uh, recording this vocalizing of these uh, ideas emanating throughout my cerebral cortex if if something has happened at this point that I'm not telling you about um, don't assume that it's because I'm trying to deceive you I mean that's certainly a possibility but I wouldn't assume that that's what it is. Uh, it's probably just that I don't know about it, haven't seen it yet. And thus it's, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things that is yet to be con- uh, talked about in a future episode cast, which speaking of that, uh, before getting into what has just happened, uh, coming up on Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, uh, the 14th, that is going to be free agency day. And we are planning uh, right now, barring some unforeseen calamity, on doing a special live cast a la the draft uh, presentation that we put together last year that we will be doing this year again, the most important draft of our lifetimes, 2018. We will be doing uh, starting on Thursday of the draft day and an abbreviated version of that on on Free Agency Day, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and available uh, right now via the Dogs by Nature Facebook Live uh <clears throat> Apparatus. So, like the Dogs by Nature Facebook page. While you're at it, like the the DBN Network Facebook page, and be able to listen at that time as we talk about what's going to happen on the first day of free agency. But the first day of free agency was preceded by uh, Friday trade night. I, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen this before. It was like uh, it was like yesterday was a trade deadline of sorts, but the Browns were the only ones that were participating. Well, other than the teams that they were partnering with, as yesterday the team made three fairly significant moves. I would say they're all uh, pretty significant and certainly uh, helps to paint the the uh, picture of what the 2018 uh, version of this team is going to look like. And it will look significantly different from the 2019 ver- or 2017 version just by virtue of one of the picks that was made, and that was the trading of uh, Deshaun Kaiser to the Green Bay Packers in exchange for Demarius Randall, a cornerback, defensive back, uh, presumably a defensive back. He played cornerback quarterback in Green Bay even though he uh, was predominantly a prospect at safety when coming into the draft in 2015 and so you know the Some say he was uh, Green Bay's best cornerback last year. I think that, you know, certainly adding depth at the position, I'm not really going to make a judgment call. Uh, It looks to me to be a positive um, pickup, but I don't know that it's mitigated much by the – well, certainly it is, but I'm saying in equal measure to the loss of Kaiser, who I thought, you know, even though he's – we all know he had struggled mightily as a rookie in uh, 2017. Still, you have a guy, 22 years old, all the tools you'd ever want, and he's um obviously he's going to be under cheap contract for another three years and a year of nfl starting experience under the belt and you just give him away for i mean they didn't give him away we got a pretty um solid well a a, a solid contributor i guess if nothing else to the secondary which was you know a a certainly a, a huge area of weakness for us last year um you can debate about whether or not scheme had as much to do with it as personnel. Nevertheless, it's always good to add bodies, you know, and and involved in that trade as well was the, uh, the uh, swapping of the both teams, the Browns and the Packers respective fourth and fifth round picks in the draft. So, and I believe in that case, it's our originals that we have Um, in the case of another trade that was made. So that I and I I lead off with that one only because I think it's it's significant that uh we we are moving on from Kaiser and I you know I kind of considered him to be a um you know a, a piece that if it didn't work out with the rookie quarterback or the bridge quarterback that we bring in, which we'll get to in a moment, that we would be able to have, you know, the you know, a strong uh, young uh, prospect at the position that could just be there if it all went wrong, which of course i think it 's always uh, prudent for us to uh, to to at least plan for the possibility that everything could go terribly terribly wrong well we didn 't do that and well now in that scenario we 've got the combination of uh, Cody Kessler and uh, Kevin Hogan, uh, hopefully battling it out for the third spot because the spot apparently at least in terms of the veteran quarterback. uh uh, position on the team if you will is uh been been filled by in exchange for the number 65 pick overall this year we have traded that to the buffalo bills to acquire tyrod taylor and i think this is probably um you know um the the uh, it's it's a good move i don't i i I don't know that um i'm All right, let me start from this standpoint And I I don't mean to be dancing around on all of this Uh, Although I I do appreciate the last fellow That uh, commented on the show a couple of weeks ago that That I'm scatterbrained and I move around And I jump around from topic to topic And he was very um uh le- le- he was he was he was upset about this he, he voiced his concerns which uh which i'm by the way i i love the fact first of all i love the fact that he listened and i love the fact that he took the time to uh vocalize via electronic ink on one of the um the uh, uh dbn pages his displeasure over my you know uh, uh lack of attention paid on a particular subject and i'm you know i'm i'm while i'm uh i'm i'm sorry kind of that 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 you feel that way and all that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to single you out, I'm not even going to mention who it is because I don't remember quite honestly, and it's fine. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, I'm glad that you care enough to listen that you would even say something like that. Uh, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you as somebody who knows you know, of, of that which I do to some degree i 'm just telling you there's that there 's not really any way I can change that it 's just who I is and it 'd be like that for anybody anybody that you hear that does something like this for any they, they don't really you don 't really change um that that 's not really something that you do and and there it's kind of like <laughs> it's, a, it's' a good comparison it's kind of like if you are really really inaccurate in college as a as a quarterback you 're probably not going to get um you know, accurate at the You're probably not going to To change that um, Or if you've got, you know uh, Well uh, Fortified uh, Techniques or, or habits Or whatever that you That you do uh, over time that's uh, kind, of, kind of built into your muscle memory, it's very difficult to to uh, change that. And while that varies from person to person, and certainly one can argue about uh, that sort of variability in the game of football at the quarterback position, for me, uh, and, and just as talking about people that do this, once it, people do things the way they do them. And when you try to uh, change somebody's manner of doing this particular thing, talking to people that he can't or she cannot see see, but that which you are still trying to build a relationship with via the content of your ideas and so forth, that is not the way that people do that is the way that people do that. And everybody's different. Everybody is different uh, in every walk of life. And this is also true when when scouting pro quarterbacks. And I think that's an important thing to remember uh, whenever we are trying to compare people like uh, uh, Baker Mayfield to Johnny Manziel or Lamar Jackson to Michael Vick or either of those to, or anybody else, to Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback that we acquired yesterday from the Buffalo Bills for our number 65 overall. C guy, I got back to it. I mean, I veered off the track there for a moment, talking about veering off the track, but I got back to it. You know, that's what I'm saying. I, I will make a solid effort to get back to whatever it was. You know, it's like when I was a kid. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. But I'm, the, the, the point about um, all these guys is that you can, it's, it's people like to look at a player. I've noticed this. People like to look at uh, a player And they like to either confirm or uh, deconfirm, you know, if you will reject a the prospect of a player's uh, potential uh, or development or uh, their ability based on what other players uh, have done that they think that they compare to and i mentioned those examples earlier you know what i'm talking about there's people do this all the time and i think that it's I, I understand the reason to do it because there's so few quarterbacks this is really the main key there's so few quarterbacks that actually are good period at any and, and i mean i'm talking about uh guys that are just um you know like brian hoyer the one year for us had the good year even that level of that's that's kind of rare you know bad quarterbacks outnumber good quarterbacks no matter what sort of pedigree or other uh distinguishing characteristic that you could lump into any sort of group vis-a-vis played in a certain sort of offense or played uh, in a certain conference or play or, or is a certain height or has a certain hand size or you know everybody that um, is th- that gets a certain this is my this, this is my my favorite example because it's one of my my least favorite things in the entire universe and that is the stupid and worthless combine velocity i, I don't i don't even want to just give them the the benefit of calling them a measurement because they're not measurements they are totally 100 percent bogus and I, I, no, I will say I didn't watch the combine this part of the combine this year. I, I haven't gotten to this point. So if 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 any you know detail that I'm describing here, if if something that I'm saying based on my you know my previous, and I certainly wouldn't watch the combine for this. I did watch the combine um, at various places. I haven't studied it. Uh, I just didn't sit there like I did last year and veg out for the entire time. What I'm saying is that if any part of this is inaccurate, please feel free to skewer me and get, you know tell me where I'm wrong at the various places where you're able to do that. and You. And you know that too and i'll tell you later on the um the the way that it's been done to this point is basically quarterbacks are doing drills, and the drills that they're doing are asking them to do various things, throwing two receivers, hitting a spot, and it really is about accuracy. Well, look, I mean, one of the first things that anybody that's watched this game for any amount of time should know is that, you know, quarterbacks, that all they can do is throw fastballs every single time. They don't tend to be very good because you can't hit a lot of short and intermediate route stuff because it's too hot for the receiver to handle, thus touch, and I mean, this this is basic, basic, basic. And I'm not I'm not even saying that I'm to the level of guys like OCBB and others that are, I would consider to be, like, almost, you know, pro-style, but they're still amateur scouts. I mean, these guys, I'm not to that level at all. But I do watch a lot of tape on a lot of these guys, and I have been doing it for a lot of years. So I feel pretty confident in saying that, you know, having the ability to take something off the ball to make a completion is something that you look for in a guy. How much importance you put on that varies, again, from scout to scout and the player, you know, to player and so on. But the way that it's done here is these guys are just in the process of doing what they're doing, and then these guys have a gun that just kind of measures their their uh, speed, their velocity, and it's – so it ends up giving you these um, – it, it can, as uh, uh, people have pointed out, it can demonstrate a threshold that a player can definitely hit, right? Because if, it, if he hits it, then he can do it. But what it does also do is it gives a very unfair, and I think inaccurate... It's, it's, <clears throat> the fact that it's unfair doesn't matter as much that it's just really inaccurate uh, representation of what the low threshold is. And I think that... <clears throat> Um, it's misleading anyway, because everybody, to the extent that, like you know, people think that I never thought this, but people think that Cody Kessler's arm is uh, substandard NFL. Well, Cody Kessler had a 55 on the gun. Now, to me, if you think that the uh, that the uh, that his that the criteria, you know, arm strength as measured by miles per hour is if, if that's a thing that is real and exists and is to be given some merit, well, then. You'd have to say that Kessler has a strong enough arm. If you hold the position that he doesn't have a strong enough arm, well then something's not right here. <laughs> the measurement must not be right. But I, but it, what's worse than that is guys like Deshaun Watson and uh, Mike Glennon. And I didn't see this, but I heard that Lamar Jackson clocked forty nine. And if you watch any tape on Lamar Jackson, you can see that the guy has an absolute cannon. He's not far away from Allen or Mayfield or whoever else has the str- you know the really strong arm. A homie from last year. The guy has a gun. It is a rocket. There's no I mean, there is absolutely zero concern about arm strength yet. If you go by this metric, you can be led to believe, as people were last year, about Deshaun Watson, who I think is going to end up leveling out for other reasons, and I have a bet with GNT about this, which I'll get to later on. But I think that that's a, a it, it is a totally misleading and it leads people to come to the wrong conclusions about these prospects. And it just it ain't right. I'm just saying I'm just protesting. The only way that I can is to talk to you people out there and tell you um, how desperately, desperately much I hate the combine velo measurements. And the st- all they would have to do is line all the guys up and say, OK, here's what we want you to do. We want you to throw it as hard as you can three times. And maybe the reason they don't do that is because they don't want guys to throw out their, you know, arms and their shoulders and their elbows and stuff trying to just, you know, but I would like to, you know, just within a a reasonable, you know, a reasonable box so you can't like run up and, you know, like javelin style, but just, you know, from a a standing pocket position, um, throw the ball three times. And at that point, and and, and they and you measure it, you know, I mean, that's, you line them up, you have them, you tell them, throw it as hard as you can, and then they throw it as hard as they can, and then you take the measurement, if it's going to mean anything at all. I would suggest that if you did that, you probably find out that the high threshold um, is higher than the 60 or the 61 or whatever. I think Allen had the uh, uh, highest of all time, and it was like 62. Um, it may be even higher than that, but we don't know, because we've never actually asked these guys. Um, and I and I say all of this as somebody that thinks that velocity, arm strength, and all of that is a w- crazily overvalued um, trait to look at from the standpoint of whether or not a quarterback is going to be successful. I'm not saying that it's, it's not worthwhile or not valuable. I'm not going to the other extreme on this. I'm just saying that when projecting whether or not a guy is going to be uh, successful at the NFL level, there's like a threshold that you have to meet. And I think... You know, maybe the gun could help with some of that. Maybe the threshold is actually sixty. Um, I think that people have it right now at fifty-five. Um, maybe it's it 's actually more than that if you actually had these guys, but i mean again it's it 's you know write your congressman and uh, uh, tell your neighbor and uh, whatever else that you need to do argue with your boss about it do what you have to do to do your part to ra- ra- right the wrong that is the uh, the combined velocity measurements um, i 'm easy weave, and I not only approve this message I am this message, and thus the, uh, <laughs> the so i mean again I, I, all of that was to um Uh, to to continue to talk about the quarterback. And I still haven't gotten to the other trade that happened yesterday. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is certainly not a guy that's going to have um, huge velocity numbers, but he's got a a fine enough arm. And he was a fine enough quarterback for the Bills. Uh, We end up getting him for, like I say, the 65 overall, uh, which is the first pick in the third round. Um, Probably high uh, for the guy. uh, We're going to be paying him $16 million. I believe that he's got an option at the end of this year. Um, which probably pays him more. I'm not totally up to speed on that, but I know that his number this year is 16 million. So 16 million and a third rounder uh, for a guy like Tyrod Taylor that is a a good NFL. I I, I think it's it's fair to say that he's a a a, a good maybe. I don't know if there, is there a distinction between above average and good. Maybe I'd say above average uh, NFL starting quarterback and so yeah, okay, third round pick, and sixteen million that's not too bad actually that's that's kind of cheap quite honestly, and, and he's also not old uh so this you know and and i don't if, if, if he's he's kind of like a safety valve if it doesn't work out with the number one pick, being whoever it is we take a quarterback. And as such, I thought this whole time along it was going to be A.J. McCarron that was going to be that guy. And so this would kind of close the door on that. And I was also expecting that we were going to pay A.J. McCarron like $80 million. And so that's not going to happen now. So the fact that we got a better quarterback that we're going to be paying less money for and also – uh, well, okay, okay. of course, this ended up panning out, but I thought that uh, Cincinnati was going to be able to slap a uh, tender on him and we were going to have to give up a second or a first rounder. We almost gave up a second and third rounder for him, uh, and that was ultimately Sashi falling on the sword and all of that. Well, we gave up a third rounder for a better quarterback at a probably cheaper contract than we would have had to pay for uh, for the much less proven product out of uh, Alabama and the Bengals uh, back of quarterback for the last couple of years. So, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm happy with got to give an attaboy there to uh, to uh, John Dorsey on that. Good job. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm great with that. I still am all about taking the best quarterback that we can, number one overall, that is Baker Mayfield. And if it's not Mayfield, then I would hope that it would be either. And in this order, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, or uh, Sam Darnold. After watching more, after kind of going back and reviewing more with the intent benefit of the doubt um given to josh allen i went back this week and watched you know again his stuff and you know I- i'm i'm again trying to because i really do believe that he's going to be the guy because i think that he's the worst choice and that's what we're going to do and so i'm kind of bracing for that and looking at it. i mean the guy you know it's, it's very easy to fall in love with that arm you know, it, it, that doesn't make up anywhere. Doesn't come close to making up for the rest of the problems with his game. But it's still, you, you, man, it's a, it's it's really is, and not just because he can throw it deep, mostly inaccurately, but he can throw it. Uh, but he's, you know, I do have to give him in some in, in a few of the games. Maybe I didn't see him before um, the Iowa one I had, but there uh, I forget who else it was. Maybe New Mexico, but really a lot of nice throws. You know, intermediate route, good reads. But then he's got. I mean, his. Like I said, this is about Rosen and, and Darnold. You know, his, his the W T F throws from those guys. You'd see like one or two of those pop up a game, and the problem with Allen is that his are like eye popping when they show up. But either way. Um, I, I, I can talk myself into it with the uh, with the arm strength, and, and then just hope that. Well, okay. Here's what I can what I can hope for is that um, he doesn't end up starting, and Tyrod starts. And if that's what ends up happening, like that was what I would consider be kind of the worst case scenario. We draft Allen, and he's not ready at all. Uh, and so so Tyrod the Rod starts. Uh, that's the worst case scenario, and that's not too bad. That's a pretty major upgrade. And there's not really a chance that it's going to be well. There's no chance that it can be Deshaun Kaiser now because he's gone. So that is a pretty bold move made and uh, statement made in that uh, day one move. And I'm I'm good with it. I mean, it's uh, I'm I'm good with the uh, with uh, the Randall pickup. Um, even though I'm I'm less than enthusiastic about giving up Kaiser for it, but um, I get it. And with with picking up Tyrod, it makes it makes those two moves together um likable. Uh, it makes them it, it, it it's it, we definitely upgraded the position. There's no two ways about that. And for Dorsey, and I'm certainly not happy with him making this pronouncement, but Dorsey with um uh, saying you know, the whole real players thing. All right, well, Tyrod's a real player. What's his uh, his career um uh rating is like 92. You know what what Anderson's was in in his pro bowl year with us it was like 83. Uh, and I know the quarterback rating is not, you know, the end all be all, or maybe even the most worthwhile metric in many ways. But still, it's it ain't nothing. And so that's that's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm, that's a, that's a good. And then when you combine that with the other big move that was made yesterday, and that is the acquiring of Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins. And I have to tell you, people, I'm very, uh, I'm, very I'm very stoked about this. I'm, I'm not. This is this is the ty- all of these moves. I guess this is really my overall sy- uh, synopsis on what transpired and, and my overall attitude um as it evolves on a daily basis about john dorsey and the front office crew which is um you know very highly regarded in in terms of the talent that was brought in ethan wolf and alonzo highsmith and uh, of course we still have uh, paul de podesta our chief strategery officer and i'm thinking that maybe he's still be behind a lot of the way that we're doing a lot of this but nevertheless um landry is a uh, a a a he can catch the ball uh, and is he worth the and and yesterday mike uh, um Evans from the Buccaneers signed a just crazy I mean, ridiculously crazy extension to uh to uh, play long term for tampa bay and with that happening the same day that we acquire a guy that just got franchise tags so we're paying him 16 million so between tyrod and and landry we're paying like 33 million and then but it's not maybe only 2 million more extra for randall uh, so like 35 million worth of uh, investment yesterday in three players and by the way, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not saying that in a complaining manner. If my tone is uh, is coming across that way, because I'm I'm pretty excited about all three players, to be honest with you. I, I'm I'm from in, in exactly the ways that I am describing them. Landry is uh, a guy that played mostly in the slot for Miami and had I think he in two of those seasons he may have averaged over 100 catches a year. Uh, for i mean very very prolific start to his n f l career he 's twenty five years old yes, the dolphins had to tag him because they couldn't work out any kind of long term deal they've then been uh they have been the dolphins that is have been kind of talking smack about him in the social media world and that which is you know certainly left that departure which could, probably could have very likely been done to drive down his draft uh uh compensation for him we gave up. A fourth rounder the same fourth rounder that we acquired for uh andy lee and the uh the uh panthers in that brilliant mo- one of the brilliant one of the many brilliant moves made by erstwhile former GM uh executive uh, vice president of football operations sashi brown soon to be running somebody's team and running it well uh or else or else i will you know have egg on my face or eat crow or eat crow eggs on my face or however whatever 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 other embarrassing things that needs to happen to put me in my place and give me what for if uh if it doesn't work out that way but i'm i'm but that was one of those things so that that pick that we got from carolina is uh something it, what, what is that along with our 2019 seventh round draft pick is what we gave up for landry so landry is as i say he's young he's good Uh, I don't think there's really any uh, argument about that he's a good player not somebody that I was terribly enthusiastic about but again this is the thing is that Dorsey is is he's football guy and he's doing things differently than how Sashi did them and I have I'm not going to sit here and complain about that I liked the plan that we had I liked what we were doing Um, we did throw a a good chunk of money at Kenny Britt last year so it's not you know to say that we weren't and Sashi did say that you know wide receivers in the NFL are going to get paid. Well, uh, Landry is a. Uh, bona fide, proven, solid, quality wide receiver in the NFL, and he has one year left on. Well, he what he has is he has, he has the franchise year that uh, means we are going to pay him at minimum. Well, we're going to pay him sixteen million as of now. It's possible that we, we could restructure his deal, but I would say that any contract restructuring that we would do, and this is kind of key in the case of all three of these guys, and uh, well, I'll circle back around on on uh, Randall's contract. Uh, paradigm here in just a moment, but with Landry, we're going to have to pay him uh, the 16 million for him to play this year. Assuming we don't work out a long-term deal with him, if we do work out a long-term deal with him, let's say that we pay him uh, five million. Uh, B Kig mentioned today, and I think that he's right about this. Probably that uh, you know Evans just got 83. we probably have to give Landry like 75. And you know um, that's that's a lot, you know. And you'd say that's a lot for a slot guy. Easy? Are you crazy? I mean, yeah, I mean those are first of all, those are two separate um, ideas. But the. The value for a guy like Landry that can catch the ball, especially with the horror show of what we had at wide receiver last year, and the fact that yeah, wide receivers are going to get paid, and when you have a guy that whose career has started off with him putting up some of the most prolific numbers in the history of the game, I, I'm not really. I'm, first of all, the, the compensation involved a four and a seven. All right, hey, you know what? That's that's uh, clap clap clap. You know that that's the, good job, good job, uh, John. Dorsey, and maybe, perhaps in the coming days, more affectionately referred to as Meathead, uh, instead of the pejorative way that I've been doing it up to this point. But I got to tell you, I'm not unhappy with any of these moves, although they did contain um, the three elements that I expected uh, of Dorsey when when looking at the conversion of what Sashi was doing then compared to what we are going to be doing now. My expectation was something along the line of lines of add jag players j-a-g as as in just the guy you know kind of the the, the dude the the hashtag dude valanche, um that we've been talking about the last several uh, months on the chow that it's just basically getting guys like Gavin Escobar, a guy that we picked up uh, earlier on in the off season. You know, guys that are not they're, they're nominal upgrades possibly for way overpriced contracts and in the process that we would be discarding young promising talent. Now, I think that in one day there are some elements to all of that within the moves that were made, but I think that they're the variance, as in the quality of the players involved and the amount of, um, of compensation given up, both in terms of, of uh, uh, players and, and draft, and Kaiser being the only player that we've given up, I think that you have elements to all of that, but I think that the way that it all worked out, I, they're acceptable. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's not as bad at least the, these first three moves, three pretty significant moves to be making four or five days before free agency officially kicks off I, I i have to say i'm i'm not um i i have to give john dorsey where I, as i have been expecting i expected much much worse than this i have ex- i expected much much worse than what he has done here so for whatever it's worth and look i mean I, it doesn't mean that i'm right you know i mean it could be I, I could be totally wrong in my evaluation of all of this going into it number one number two uh even if i am right that doesn't mean that these moves ultimately end up being good ones. But I think I don't think that there's any way that you can say that there's... I mean, the three areas that we were the most talent deficient last year, I don't think anybody would argue with this, are quarterback, wide receiver, and defensive back, particularly the safety. Now, going back to Randall, he is somebody that was uh, a prospect at safety he was somebody that was looked at at safety when green bay drafted him they had draft just drafted uh, a ha ha clinton Dix, so he he is their their uh player at safety so they put randall at cornerback and you know again people um uh rate him a lot some people i don't i'm not going to cite anybody because it's all of its conjecture anyway but, but as green bay's Uh, best cornerback last year and he's so he's young he has a year left on his rookie deal as a first round pick we also have the option to pick up his fifth year option I don't know when we would have to make that determination I think it would be um, within the next couple of days, we would have to make that determination, and presumably we would because his contract comparatively speaking he 's only making like two million and i don 't know what it would be in the fifth year option. I guess I would assume it would be uh, significantly more than that cause i I just i don 't I don't know enough about um, rookie contract scale to be able to to say uh, with any uh, real authority other than the basic parameters that I can you know uh, say here generally that you can pretty much rely on nevertheless that 's um a pretty good uh, for the age and prospect and the compensation you know a guy that you can plug into the secondary and certainly we need help at safety certainly uh, I'm not going to turn away any help at cornerback even though I'm not nearly as down on our the guy I think that going into the season with Jason McCordy and Jamar Taylor and Brady uh, Breon body Calhoun although I probably should reverse the order Calhoun's a better player than Taylor and then also Howard Wilson who didn't play uh, last year at all but was a a fourth round pick last year from uh, Houston, and I think that a guy with good size and speed, and would like to see what he can do out there. We still have, um, you know, a couple of other uh, bottom of the end roster guys, and, and enough. Well, we've given up a lot of draft uh, ammunition. We gave up uh, uh, two fours. No, actually, we didn't give up the four because we actually got that one back. So we gave up the four, the three, and maybe I guess that's it. I guess we gave up two picks this year because we picked up Green Bay's picks and the ones we swapped with them, and we gave up the seven uh, last year. So we still have all of our seconds. We still have our our two firsts. We don't have a third round pick now, but the 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 two that we have from Philadelphia is the thirty is the sixty fourth. So it's basically, you know, we we already had the first pick in the third round. Well, we still have the the last pick in the second round. So eh. You know, we're getting our third pick, you know, before everybody else does, whatever. The uh, fourth rounder, we uh, swapped with Green Bay. So I guess it's now the 13th or whatever in the fourth round. And uh, the fifth, same thing with the fifth. Uh, I I I think, and certainly um, consult your 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 local TV guide to find out if that's all accurate. But uh, at, at at any rate, that I think is um you know good a good contractual situation, good overall prospect to pick up for the compensation. Taylor, a guy that you know at very at very least he's significantly better than AJ McCarron in my view um in terms of what he in terms of an overall prospect or candidate to play veteran quarterback for us and also uh, from the standpoint of what his role ultimately could and should be with us if we do end up drafting a guy and if we do draft if we do uh, draft mayfield then we 're not going to have to worry about it because he 's going to be the starter i I believe that if if we draft baker mayfield he in fact i 'm going to make a prediction about this later on i 'm pr- promoting a lot of stuff that i 'll talk about later on um, <clears throat> but the uh, if, if hes if he 's the guy we draft if he 's the guy that we take. Then he's going to be the starting quarterback. I I believe this very firmly, um, as in he'll beat out whoever. I, I, I thought he would have beat out whoever we, we we would have brought in, and I think that that's true if it's uh, if it's Taylor, and he would be the starter. If it's any of the other guys, I'm not so sure about um, any of them really. But I'd probably be more confident about Jackson, Rosen, and Darnold again in that order, uh, being able to over. Uh, throw and become the starter I am pretty sure that Josh Allen would would not be able to beat him out Um, so at that point there's a pretty strong likelihood that if the guy that we take is not Mayfield that uh, that the guy that we do take is it may not be able to start right away and so if that's the case I'm much 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 more comfortable with Tyrod Taylor than I would have been with uh, with with AJ McCarron so I'm great I'm, I'm good with that and then having then him coming here And we, you know, hopefully as the season, you know, uh, starts where we will have on opening day uh, 2018, Josh Gordon will be in the lineup at wide receiver. And now we will have Jarvis Landry also lining up at wide receiver. And we also have and I know a lot of people are down on him and I understand and I'm not going to protest necessarily all of the reasons why, because dude needs to catch the ball and not have his hand get broken every year in the first week of the season. And that's Corey Coleman. If, you know, he can start realizing some of that. You know that first game that he had, the second game of the season in with uh, he played with Drago. He had a game where he displayed everything that you want out of a first-round wide receiver prospect, and then he broke his hand in the freak accident in practice, and he's never been able to emulate that. Um, even though when he played down when he uh, when when they played against the, the Buccaneers in the preseason last year, I thought he looked tremendous. He beat the hell out of everybody that he went up against. And just my because I look I watched him I, specifically. I wanted to see like the year before I watched Cam Irving. This year I watched Corey Coleman, and I was like, and I'm like, yeah, this guy he's he's ready to roll. Then he breaks his hand again in the first week of the season, and it was all downhill from there. Uh, when he did come in, Kaiser had his struggles and and all of that, and of course he had the famous drop on the fourth down play in the final game of the year against Pittsburgh. And so he you know um, obviously. Obviously, if we're only going to have two guys out there, it's going to be Gordon and Landry, and I'm great with that. But I love the combination of those three guys on the field along with David Njoku. Joku. Uh, we're talking about some weapons, y'all, and we still have Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield. You can't, there is literally not a better uh, pass catching running back in the entire league than we have at Duke with Duke Johnson, and uh, and that's not to to say anything about the guys that we are going to pick up in free agency. If that's if that's all that we do at this point, that's pretty good. That's a Pretty that's a pretty major upgrade right there from our biggest two you know, our two biggest areas of weakness on offense were quarterback and wide receiver. Um, and now we have Uh, Seriously buttressed both of those, and uh, I I couldn't be happier than I am uh, as far as that goes. Uh, I still think that we have a lot further to go at quarterback, obviously, by taking, again, the guy that I want being Baker Mayfield, but one of these top four quarterbacks. And then, of course, uh, I expect to use a high-ish draft pick on running back. Although I'm not really down for, and I suppose it's a good time to segue into this, um, I'm not really... All right, I'm not opposed, I'll say this, to drafting Saquon Barkley at four. If, if it comes down to that, I, I think that uh, of the prospects that are available, I've kind of got the draft like this uh, right now in my mind. Um, I, and and, this, and it, this is all subject to change. If I'm going pure uh, best player available, pure BPA, based on now everything that we've seen uh from the, the tape the combine uh all of it when you throw it all together um i still think that uh mayfield's the best player i know people can argue about this but i think that because he plays you have because you have to consider the positional uh, value even if you're considering uh pure bpa and i think that mayfield is the best player available in the draft if you're just looking at it from that standpoint i think that the other quarterbacks are not that far uh from that discussion uh if, but it and again my my rankings on those and it's really really close i mean bayfield is my clear number one i i, I would say like 2a 2b and 2c are uh, lamar jackson josh rosen and uh, sam darnold in that order and then a fairly distant fifth would be josh allen but i would certainly put josh allen ahead of uh, I, I would put kyle laletta after that yes i would put allen ahead of laletta I'm um, sorry, BTB, but I'm just you know, I'm not there yet with you on on that. And I think that Allen does have big league potential, just not just can't be uh for us anyway, our, our pick at number one. But for a team picking, like if he's sitting there at twenty one and Buffalo's got that pick, I they should take him. Uh that that he's I after watching the tape, I've softened my uh my 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 my, my harshness of criticism for um um Allen I'm just very 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 much out on him at number one but getting back to Barkley at four when I when I look at the best players available and 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 kind of separating the positional players from quarterbacks I'm just I'm not going to do that right now as far as mingling all together but just looking at the positional players that are there um I'm looking at probably (laughs) when it's probably Nelson Quentin Nelson is probably the best overall player um and then after that, I still think that I would probably put Bradley Chubb just maybe an eyelash uh, above Minka Fitzpatrick, and then Barkley, and then uh, and then it's very, uh, and then probably Denzel Ward. Um, and and now if you recalibrate this for our team, I got to tell you, I keep going back and forth between uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and Bradley Chubb. Uh, Fitzpatrick is is a fantastic candidate, um, but he's a guy that. You know, he played predominantly slot corner, um, and then they have Alabama. They they have had problems with guys transitioning to the league, particularly in the defensive backfield. They've also had guys that have done well in the league. Uh, and um, So, I mean, it's, they've pumped out a lot of pro players. They've had a lot of players that were good prospects that didn't do well in the NFL. I guess that's what happens when you are as good as they have been for as long as they have been. But F- Fitzpatrick is a terrific player. Um, you know he's a he's he's like the guy that he's a football player i don't care he's you see him out there he's a football player or whatever oh yeah he is he definitely is he's exactly i would love to have him on my team um i just i think there's enough of a question about where you put him that makes him a big question mark at least in my mind at number four or at least has me you know doubting whether or not he's a better positional value than bradley chubb who is a fantastic prospect and puts up great tape didn't quite have the best three cone Okay, and something like I say the combine doesn't the combine kind of confirms or or deconfirms a lot of assumptions or presumptions that you have held based on your study up to that point in my humble if estimable opinion and thus if 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 Chubb would have put up a, a decent number and I don't have it in front of me. It's just it was poor. It, then you, you don 't really worry about it so much because, uh, but if, if when, when it's when it is poor, then you do have to take it under serious consideration and so then I'm, i 'm I'm not I'm, you also cannot uh, let things totally all of this is a a and and by the way, these are judgments that vary from person to person i 'm telling you what my value system is when it comes to uh, grading out these prospects and for me it 's i mean from a, from a pure like how we should rank them for the browns you know it really comes down to um you know, the, the the best you know whether or not they are the the best overall uh, prospect just at their position like I say Quentin Nelson is probably the best but but at the same time um you know for us we've got a a lot of talent and a lot of money tied into Joel Batonio and um Kevin Zeitler and by the way Spencer Drango is no is no slouch coming off the bench uh, so, is it really necessary for us to to spend that type of a player? I mean, the, the the counter to that is, you know, do you do you pass up on Khalil Mack because you took you spent a sixth overall on Barkevius Mingo two years ago, and no, one year ago, and you um and you spent a lot of money on Paul Kruger in that same offseason, so you don't take Khalil Mack. I mean, that's 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 you know. Not, hopefully this doesn't happen, you know, but Betonio's had injuries in the past. What if, you know, what if, what if, what if, you know, what if there's a serious regression by any of those guys? And we had, and, and that then the interior of the line becomes a big problem. We had a chance to take a guy that was clear. You know, I, I'm just saying, if you hold this view, was clear head and shoulders above. I'm not necessarily saying he is. I am saying he's probably the most complete player, uh, you know, that plays at his position and probably the best. So certainly worth looking at most, most definitely he's worth looking at. But I just think that because of the players that you have in the field, you have that we have on the team already, you have to factor that into, and plus the the value and the impact that he has on the team and all that. So I think that you have to move him down below um, all of those other players that I mentioned. Probably put him directly after um, uh, Saquon in the order that I would would want to do this, which is, and again, it's like a flip flip of the coin between um, Fitzpatrick and Chubb. I think I'm probably back today on on Fitzpatrick. Uh, i think i pr- it probably would would make more sense to draft him at 4 you know my first so for me the the that would be you know mayfield at 1 fitzpatrick at 4 or i mean the multiple you know draft scenarios that i think i talked about in the last one don't necessarily need to get into uh, today cuz there's a lot of them there's a lot of really good ones the, to to uh, consider uh with us at number 4 which might be the best move overall but if it is saquon cuz he's who i was talking about initially um i I, I was initially, you know, opposed to that, but the dude went out there and put up some ridiculous numbers and measure, measurables at the combine. And while I got, you know, I, I need to see him correct some of his his uh, his running style. Um, I, and you, you can't deny, you know, the guy with at that size and speed and strength. I mean, it's just it's it's intoxicating, kind of like Allen's arm. I mean, the combination of size, speed, and strength is it. it it's it's just impossible to turn away, which is why you know if if we if we secure uh, you know a quarterback the right quarterback, then I'm fine with uh, with Barkley at four. People don't think that he's going to make it to four. Okay, fine. I'm I'm good with that. If somebody wants to to do, I just don't. I am very vehemently one hundred thousand million percent opposed to the idea of taking Barkley at one. And then just taking whichever quarterback falls to us at four, even though I would be fine with taking whichever quarterback falls to us at four. If the four quarterbacks that we are considering are, you know, Mayfield, uh, Rosen, I'm sorry, Mayfield, Jackson, Rosen and Darnold in that order. If we're going to take Allen, then I guess I don't care. Uh, and, and at least we get, you know, Barkley, who I think is a really good player. Um, I don't think he's worthy of the number one overall. I don't think that he's on the uh, the level of Zeke, but Zeke is also, I think, truly a generational talent at the running back position. I don't think that Barkley is, but I think that Barkley could be a real damn good one. And if you can get a real damn good one to go along with a really good rookie quarterback, Baker Mayfield, and a guy, or, or if somebody else, and has to be Tyrod out there, if it has to be the Rod. You know the rod back there with Barkley, and you know uh, with with Gordo and Coco and Landry, I guess Landro. We have to come up with with uh, you know like nicknames for all these receiving core because we are serious about this. And you also throw Ninjoku in there. That's you know that's that's and Duke. That's I mean okay. What do you, what else do you need? They've got a solid offensive line. The you know there's really at that point there's no excuses, Hugh. And and by the way we got a good offensive coordinator. Uh, so I mean there's there's it's. not quite saying it's high a high five hit the bar time but honestly if that is if it all works out this way uh, and and really there's not too many other ways that it can work out other than what i've described uh as in we take either chubb fitzpatrick barkley or i can't really, or or i I didn't i failed to mention denzel ward i mentioned him but he's also a serious consideration other than uh, the other ones that i mentioned so you know these are these are all good. And if we do that, we shore up, you know, let's say that we take Randall and put him at safety or the thing that we talked about all last off season and never got around to actually doing, and that is putting Jason McCourty at free safety. I think that he'd be great there. Um, Maybe not, but I certainly think that any number of those guys—Randall, McCordy, Fitzpatrick, uh, any of those guys, or anybody that is on the roster—quite honestly, uh, and I I mean that literally—at any other position would probably do a better job than Jabril Peppers at the Angel. And I'm not okay. And I realize I've been harsh on Peppers, and I need to give him the the three-year rule like I like to give to everybody else. But as I say, there are exceptions to that rule, and you know, he just—he, it just doesn't look promising. But again, he's a guy. He's actually. The position that that Fitzpatrick played most of at Bama is the one that it would be nice uh, to see Peppers be tried at here with us. Because I think he actually could be good there. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just he, he, the problem is him, you know, being able to you know, see the ball, see ball, you know, get ball, all that, you know, attacking, getting downhill. to the, That's... You just don't see him do that and and that's that's what it's kind of like we talked about earlier the stuff that you can't fix and I just don't know that that's something that you're going to be able to ever fix with him I'd love to be wrong because I love the kid I love I love Jabril Peppers if you're listening I love you I hope that you know that this is nothing personal I just need to see you get to the ball more um on on the all 22 And, and 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 it's just and I and I'm willing to um take into consideration that you're not in the right position you know that it's um, a, a function of which, which, you know, not trying to get all tinfoil. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am. I'll put on some tinfoil every now and then and, you know, go into the, the whole. Well, maybe the whole reason for us doing that cockeyed uh, formation last year was because we were trying to tank. You know that's that's it's that's a possibility, especially when you look at some of the stuff we were doing in the red zone. I mean, some of the stupefying things we were doing last year does lead one to think maybe this is actually on purpose, um, or maybe it was just that we weren't very good, which is probably more likely. And again, I've been um, – but you know, here's the thing about that. If I can believe – if I can talk myself into uh, we were tanking, well, then it's a lot more palatable to believe then that Jackson and Greg Triple G can actually uh, put it together and correct the problems that they had last year. And in Hugh's case, uh, the last two years. So that's kind of an optimistic point of view, not really the one that I hold. Um, I, I kind of – am good with I, I, I can see a lot of positive things happening if uh, maybe there's some better talent at the safety position and if the offensive play calling and the direction of the offense really has been given to Todd Haley and Hughes role is more as it as, uh, is more of an administrator and he is uh, you know really kind of more you know player morale which he seems to have excelled at I got to give that to the man you know two years running on terrible terrible teams he did hold that team to Together for whatever it's worth he is gonna jump in the lake so you know I, I want I want to, I, you know I watched the um, the Hugh presser and I really want to like the guy I really do I really really do I've wanted to ever since he got here you know I have I've got problems with the guy and maybe they're insurmountable but um, I, if, if the roles really have changed, and the real roles that people are—and and I don't mean to be snarky when I say this to anybody—but it really is kind of foolish to assume that. And I understand why people do it. It's no—it's not foolish. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's misguided or. or it's it's um, deceptive, or I should say, or or uh, I, I'm I'm missing the word here. It'll come to me here. Uh, uh, that that describes um, it's fool's gold to assume that Dorsey has the say over what Hugh does and does not do, and would fire him and hire his own guy. I think that we still have the same way of doing things, where uh, which I would, by the way, I would be. F- for that, even though I haven't been an enthusiastic supporter of Dorsey, my biggest problem this whole time has been the structure with ha- that Haslam has put all this together with—that everybody is reporting to him, thus everybody is competing with each other for his, you know, attention, affection, whatever. You know, we could have brought in Dorsey and kept Sashi. There was no reason to actually uh, do it. There wasn't. It wasn't necessary. We could have had Dorsey here be the ultimate, and as the general manager, Sashi could have stayed in his role as executive vice president of football operations, where basically his role would have been doing um, contracts, where the guy got you know supreme value on uh, on everything. But you know, I get it. They couldn't have those two guys. you know, co co mingling. You know, when, when you have, you can't necessarily uh, force people to work with each other. But I think that they could have. I, I just the, the dumping of Sashi. I still maintain was the dumbest thing that Haslam could have done. But look, just because that was the dumbest thing Haslam could have done, doesn't mean that Dorsey's re- replacing him isn't also the smartest thing he could have done to make up for that mistake. Uh, you know, the, both of those things can be true. And I have to say that even though Dorsey has not looked. Um, very sharp whenever he's done his press appearances and I you know it's it's been it's been maddening to hear some of the things that he's said actually looking at the things that he's done in these three moves yesterday I mean I'm, i the more that I talk about this think about this the more I'm kind of you know in in, in pretty full throated support of, of all three of these things taken all together and I going and I understand the misgivings the contractual situation particularly when it comes to Landry and to a lesser extent uh, Tyrod um, are, are certainly not the most favorable. But when you, you know, I mean, look, that's, we got, we have, we have, it was, the reason why the cap space whole thing has been such a big deal is because it was going to get to a point where we were going to have to sign guys like these. And, you know, depending on how Tyrod, maybe Tyrod Taylor makes a big jump uh, with us, maybe in Todd Haley's system, and maybe with a guy that is a legit, very solid talent at running back and Saquon Barkley handing, off, handing the ball off to, you know, maybe it, it it will be, and with some look. I mean, that's some serious beef when you've got uh, Gordo, who is a. I mean, he showed last year that he still is a a. You know, a a potentially you know top wide receiver and all pro caliber talent at wide receiver, combined with a guy who has had a prolific career up to this point at the wide receiver position, who can catch the damn ball reliably, and compare that with a guy who has shown flashes but needs to you know be consistent, not break his hand. Uh, In Corey Coleman, that's that's three, and there's still look, we can still add Terrell Pryor, uh, and we still have Rashard Higgins. You know, he he showed some stuff last year. You know, he did some nice fib. We can, uh, there, there's, not, there's a, there's, and, and not to mention, there's still a whole bunch of guys in the draft. Simi Cods and Anthony Miller and um, uh, Michael Gallup and Equanimanius and Brown and and other guys, uh, St. Brown. There's uh, 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 the, the other guy, Jaleel, um, I want to say Jaleel White, but I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, it's, at, uh, again, it, there, there's so many of these prospects to keep track of, which doesn't, um, you know, uh, uh, take away from my, my I should I should know um like I say it'll come to me later on but I'm saying there's a bunch of the wide receivers that we could go to but the wide receiver position compared to what it looked like for almost all of last year you know compared to throwing uh, Kenny Britt and uh and um uh Ricardo Lewis out there you know I would really I'm really enthusiastic for Car- Ricardo Lewis to be not on the team because the homeboys got a problem uh, with with uh, catching, I know that that Coco is is really on the line as far as that goes as well, and he's going to have to uh, get that problem corrected. I'm just saying that there's much more. He's shown a lot more of uh, a skill set that suggests that he will be able to do that than Lewis has by a lot, by uh, several country miles, as it were. So that's I'm, I'm looking at with um, if 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 the worst case scenario at this point is going to be Tyrod Taylor throwing to a better collection of wide receivers than we had last year by far. And, um, and, and by the way, uh, some of those players that we had, Ninjoku and Coco and uh, Higgins, those players are all going to be a year better than they were last year. And Duke is going to, um, you know duke is coming off of his best season and if we don't take barkley and we do take fitzpatrick which i think you know right now is is kind of where I'm, I'm i'm at would be minka at 4 after taking uh, bayfield at 1 then at, we still have a chance very likely to get one of darius juice Sony michelle ronald jones um Rashard Penny. There are, those are, I would take any of those guys. Uh, some people like uh, Freeman. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if i take them that high. But And then if you go a little bit further, I don't know that I would take uh, a, a guy that I really love. Two guys that I like later on are John Kelly out of Tennessee and Akram Wadley out of Iowa. You know, there are some fantastic running back talents uh, that we're, we should be able to, to get if we don't take Saquon Barkley. And I'm not, I'm saying this as somebody, by the way, that started off really, really loving Barkley. And then, kind of backed off after I saw some some problems in his game that I that I'm that kind of gave me the the Trent uh, Richardson chills. Um, but then, I'm, after watching the combine, I'm kind of back to it. I, I can I can see, um, and I also I'm also <clears throat> people aren't going to like to hear this. I've got a high threshold for us duffing draft picks. Um, I, when you have this many. And especially when you have a guy coming in that's trying to make a splash. Um, I'll I'll be okay if we take a swing on Barkley and miss. Because I I don't think that we'll swing and miss as badly as we would have on Richardson. But I think that it would be better for us to take a kind of more prudent selection like Fitzpatrick or Chubb at... um, at four and then at 33 or 35 or or at 64, I think with one of those picks, you can get a good running back. A good running back. That, and by the way, a good running back that you pair back there and have Matt Days come in to spell him from time to time. You already have Duke that's catching passes out of the backfield and running the ball himself. Hey, backfield's solved, y'all. We're good to go. And we didn't have to spend the number four uh, on that. Now, we don't... And we could, there's also guys that are in free agency. I'm not sure that I'd, I'd want to go that route, but there are a couple of uh, of guys um, um that that are that are potentially available that you could look at um but so i'm saying we're not uh, deficient there or with the guys that were able to pick up, and then when you look at the offensive line, Joe Thomas, of course, uh, hasn't um, you know given any indication of of what he is going to do. I'm not as as concerned about this as uh, as others are, or that I was prior to seeing Spencer Drango play as well as he did. Uh, I'm not saying that he played you know anywhere near Joe's level. Nobody ever has or will, but I'm saying that he played. Played at an acceptable level, that worst case scenario, we had to have him starting at left tackle next year. I'm I'm okay with it. He played he played well enough, and the rest of the offensive line. Batonio straight up is a good player. Treader showed last year durability as well as skill at the position. Uh, Zeitler maybe not the, the year that people were hoping for, but um, you know solid player there. And I thought Col- uh, Coleman, Sean Coleman at right tackle, even though he had a high number of penalties, was not. Uh, He was at least as good as Mitchell Schwartz was in his developmental years, and he he turned into a good player. So our offensive line situation, even if Joe doesn't come back, is not that bad, especially when you consider that we also have Rod Johnson that we drafted last year and who's been uh, who who basically redshirted his uh, rookie season. So there's there's it's not that bad and there's certainly guys that we could look at you know picking up this year uh putting in there um uh, possibly for you know it, it, within the draft i don't know that i would like any of the. i'm not really sold on any of the guys that we would have to spend the four on like i wouldn't i i i I really would not take it on orlando brown and i wouldn't take it on mclinchy either and there's other guys um uh, a kid from auburn i think um Anyway, there's there's uh, several of them that are worth consideration, but I just don't know. Um, and, and certainly, I wouldn't do it if if Joe is coming back. If it's still a, I, and and by the time the draft happens, we are going to know that. So if if we were to take, let's say, we took a quarterback at number one, and uh, we took, I think it's Connor Williams. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't have any information in front of me, and I and I've not done a good enough job of of doing my scouting, as you can clearly hear. Uh, but there are um some quality uh tackle prospects I just don't necessarily think that they're they're worth taking at the number 4 but if we did that I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to it because you can't uh, invest in the offensive line enough as far as I'm concerned. I mean we love Joe Thomas, uh, top you know three or four players in Brown's history and we have to spend the number three overall pick on him. It uh, doesn't always work out, you know, Dorsey picked Eric Fisher when he first came on with the chefs, so, you know, these it doesn't always work out. I'm just saying it wouldn't and and, as, and also as I say, I'm willing for us to, to do that to take a swing at, a, at an offensive lineman and if we miss, okay, fine, we miss. But I'm not I'm also not suggesting that we have to do that we're we're kind of well positioned is the point here and i just this is the 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 entire offensive side of the ball is what i'm talking about you know todd haley running the show if you is just kind of keeping the players in check we have a a decent quarterback now an above average quarterback um we're not we're only a hop skip and a jump away from having a a really solid backfield in place an already revamped wide receiver core and a wide receiver or and a tight end group as i as i mentioned david Njoku had a I think a great rookie season, uh, all the talent in the world and all the potential in the world that you can hope for there. As I, th- if you can say that Jabril peppers is an exception to the three-year role, as far as busts, then I think that you can say that both Njoku and Garrett are exceptions to the three-year rule on the other side of the equation is being, you know, fantastic, you know, prospects, you know, guys that are going to be stars in the league. Uh, and we already have, and that's a perfect transition to the defense. Now, because while I am, I, you know, I, I've mentioned Bradley Chubb, who I think, um, you know, the three cone is definitely an issue, but still, I wouldn't be averse to taking him at four. And then you have, you know, him. You pair him. I've talked, you know, in the past about if you had a rotational defensive uh, end a group of Garrett Chubb and uh, Agba, then that's I'm great with that. But we we certainly don't need that necessarily because Agba, I think, is going to be a great player, and I think that Garrett showed last year that he is a great player. With those two coming off the edge I think our our edge situation is better than it's been maybe going all the way back to Anthony Pleasant and Rob Burnett that's that's going way way back for a lot of a lot of uh, you guys out there but you millennials probably don't know who either of those dudes are but that was the last time that we would and I would say that this combination would be potentially better than those two uh rushing off the edge you know really really incredible potential between those two players and then when you look at the interior Danny Shelton has a you know big reason why our run defense improved substantially last year and yeah I I would say that um, certainly there there is hopefully a improvement at the three tech position but I think that there's uh, a plenty of opportunity for improvement at the three tech when you talk about guys like Larry Ogunjobi and Trevon Coley and Caleb Brantley all guys I think Coley was a first-year player that was basically a a practice squad guy uh, his first year and in Latin next last year was his second year with us but he you know started for most of the year i'm saying that all of those guys showed a lot in their rookie season especially ogan joby uh, shogun and th- th- there's plenty of potential to improve. One of the ideas that I like about bringing in Chubb, if we were to go in that direction, is that you could potentially move uh, Agba over and have him rush from that from uh, the interior. You know, I'm saying you you could do a lot more, but we have a lot to work with already. Is the point uh, in the trenches? That's that's some pretty serious beef uh, that I mentioned. And whether or not uh, I, I, we keep uh, Jamie Meter. I don't think is all that uh, consequential. I think that he's he's and we'll, we'll say we'll probably add a guy or two via the draft or free agency uh to to buttress that the the interior specifically because I think that uh, Nassib probably stays orchard who knows. Uh that that's that, that interesting call there, but we're not um, I, I, I could certainly see us adding a depth on a depth on the line, but the, the the starters on that unit are pretty well set and, and good. We're in really, really good shape there as far as I'm concerned even though, could we use improvements? Sure. If the guys fall and they're there and we have an opportunity to get somebody, then I'm all for it. And the same thing holds true with the linebacker spot. You know, we were expecting to basically run nickel all year last year and we played, we ended up playing a, a, a almost a base 4-3 and um i think that we we uh, you know, uh, Christian Kirksey had a, a contract uh, renew year. Struggled in pass protection. To my mind, I think some of that may have had to do. I think he also uh, played the pass pro well at, at times a lot last year, and a lot of it had to do with again the scheme that were being that was being played. It will be nice to see the same scheme uh, used two years in a row, which has at least shown to be effective in other places. So hopefully, you know that will be helpful for particularly the linebackers. Jamie Collins suffered. Uh, I think a concussion at the beginning of the year that really, um, you know, really hampered his his contributions early on, and then had a bad uh, leg injury after he intercepted a pass against the Lions. I think his 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 absence last year really really. Uh, harmed the defense in, in ways that, um, that that we don't really uh, think about, and thus we you know we get we just get down on him as a player, and that the defense sucks. But when you lose a guy like that, we you know we lost him in Agba in back to back weeks, and that was just devastating. I think to especially not having Garrett on the defense all year, and it was kind of when he was starting to um, <clears throat> to make his presence felt. But those are three, I think, very. So- oh, and I didn't even mention Joe Schobert, who was our only Pro Bowl representative. Now, um, you know. Uh, You can argue about whether or not that was just, um, you know, okay the the people felt sorry and the Browns said there was a guy with some stats. Let's uh, let's, uh, you know, pick him. I think that Schobert showed that he was much more uh, natural at the spot that he was played at than the one that we apparently drafted him for and were playing him at his rookie year um but I, I think that he's there, there's certainly not a reason to look to move on from him if there were a player like if Roquan Smith were to drop to us in the second round or something like that then okay fine if you can up, if you can upgrade the guy then upgrade the guy or Shaq Griffin who i absolutely love uh i you know i i would i would i would, I would spend the 33 on him i i am that um I'm high on, on, on that kid the kid from uh, uh from uh, central florida who uh has an amputated hand but is still just a maniac on defense but at any rate and i know there's people that vehemently disagree with that and i understand i just disagree with you Uh, and and i i think that you have there there are there are mitigating circumstances that make players special in my in in my mind and he's one of them that is that definitely is but whoever it is i'm saying the linebackers that we currently have on the roster and then on the back end of that tank carter you know i i uh Uh, whether or not he ends up making the the team or is able to – uh, comeback from his uh, knee injury last year you know be that we'll, we'll, we'll see same thing with Dominique Alexander who was a uh, uh, kind of a uh, UFDA hang on from the first uh, draft of Hugh and Sashi, and has, has stuck around Burgess James Burgess uh, played some last year and did you know did okay in the absence of, of Collins was asked kind of to do a lot and did all right uh, certainly a downgrade but you know these are not the worst uh, options uh, as far as depth is concerned I would think that via free agency or the draft we probably would add some at some point to the linebacker core. And then when you get to the defense, that's where the real, I think, areas for improvement. And again, Randall being added to it is nice because at this point, you can really look at him um, or McCordy really kind of uh, playing at either cornerback or free safety as we kind of look at, and then what that would do with Peppers and what you could do. I mean, we're starting to add more horses to that, that position group as a whole, the defensive backfield, and if we were to you know add somebody like Peppers and maybe – or not Peppers, uh, Fitzpatrick, and maybe add a, a free agent – that was um i know people were looking at tremaine johnson but i think that he was uh he was tagged so it would have to come via trade i think that's that's how that uh played out but there i mean there there are some guys available and um it, it's 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 really i mean back to uh to dorsey and how all this has gone gone through um I don't hate what he's done so far um i mentioned oh i think um i I, uh is one guy that i left out was at tight end we have seth devalve who has showed a lot the last couple of years and we also picked up gavin escobar who was a guy that was with the cowboys and the uh, the chiefs and you know the, the 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 dude valanche that we talked about earlier the the jag guys the guys that you know you uh that, that I expected we were going to overpay for uh and weren't really going to have that much of an impact and was going to end up wrecking our cap space while also taking away reps from younger more talented prospects that could turn that could bloom into better players and make us an overall better team uh, you know as I say, depending on how you look at the three uh Uh, trades that were made yesterday. You could say that there were elements to that um, throughout all of it. But, you know, again, I I think that there's some variance to, you know, the quality of the players that we received. And on balance, I'm pretty happy with all of them compared to the value that we had to give up in order to get them. And again, I have to say, whereas, okay, would Sashi have been able to um, get better uh, you know, situations all around. Probably, um, but I'm not d- d- saying that. But but having said that, I'm not unhappy. I'm not unhappy with, with how any of it really went down, to be honest with you, because I expected much, much worse. Yeah, it would have been nice if some sort of deal would have been hammered out with uh, Landry, but whatever. Um, maybe they've already got something in principle, and that's just going to be announced over the next couple of days. Uh, outside of that, I don't really have a problem with the contractual situation of any of the other guys, um, because uh in the case of uh randall it's not like it, it's not like we're counting on him to be you know he he's a he's a good he's a good um um i don't want to say wild card but he's he's a he's a good guy to throw into the mix to see if he if he sticks um and we've so i'm 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 really i'm i'm very pleased uh, overall i guess that's really what it comes down to is i'm pleased with the moves that i have made so far i am now more excited uh about wednesday and uh and um sticking with with, which I will say now. Um, the programming note about Wednesday: we are going to be going live on the uh, Facebook page uh, starting at uh, fifteen hundred hours, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you uh, join the uh, fa- the Dogs by Nature Facebook page like that, it'll be going live at that time. And if we can think of a couple of th- other platforms for it for you for it between now and then, we will do so. But the, for now, it is that that'll be the main apparatus uh, where we will be doing this on free. Agency Dave here from the DBN network. And I'm sure I'll have some contributions from uh, the people that you've uh, come to know and love that uh, have their voices out and about. But uh, the 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 wager, the two things that I that I alluded to earlier, is I have a wager with my good buddy Gin and Tonic, who is a genuinely good guy. I really do like that dude. He's um he's got a friendly bet with w- a wager with me for the 2018 season, and it has to do with Deshaun Watson, who's an intriguing uh, character, especially now that uh, we have acquired all of the value that we could have really gotten out of trading with uh, Houston last year. We ended up getting the fourth overall pick and the 35th overall pick for the two trades that we made with them. One for Brock lobster and the other one for uh, the opportunity to give Houston the chance to uh, pick deshaun watson essentially we passed up deshaun watson for houston to be able to take them we picked up uh well we essentially picked up deshaun kaiser who has now turned into a combination of uh randall and some other draft picks and uh the pick that we used on on jabril peppers um we um at this point uh uh, watson played very very well uh, as a rookie whether or not that the way that he played and the success that he had is sustainable is a point of contention with me and many others. And the the calculation that I have is that he, a lot of it um, had to do with, uh, I don't want to say luck, but he really did have um, a lot of good circumstances break his way. He also had a lot of tremendous wide receiver play. And I think that... Um, he's going to end up regressing uh, to a a level of play that's much more conducive to what you would expect out of a younger uh, quarterback that struggles in the league and that may or may not be fair but w- what the what the bet was and we have we have to determine some way of uh, of of measuring this in some credible way is that by the end of this season by the end of 2018 we, that people will have a much different view of Deshaun Kaiser or Deshaun Watson excuse me in the sense that he He is this no-doubt-about-it superstar and or that we are stupid for having passed on him. And... I say that, um, and, and, and we'll have to also factor in possible, the possible recency bias. If we also have drafted a quarterback that has played well, uh, up to that point, especially if we did so with the fourth overall pick that we got from them, be that as it may the draft, the, the compensation for this is a a box of cigars and no, we're not going to go cheapo. I will actually go to someplace in, uh, I, I will, I will get some genuine Tampa cigars, uh, and I will, uh, Send them to him, and he will of of my choice. That's how this works. Whenever the loser of the of the uh, bet, the consolation is that they get to pick out the uh, the prize for the winner. And I will not skimp on this. I had a I had such a bet with uh, our our old our, our other good buddy uh, and genuine solid dude Big Town Brown, who uh, a couple of years ago he and I had a bet on the Stanley Cup, and of course I took my hometown Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Bolts are going to win it all again this year. Uh, even though they didn't do it last year, he took, of course, and he calls me a Pittsburgh fan. He took the pirate, the uh, the Pirates. He took the Bruins, and his Bruins, his Pittsburgh Bruins, won the Stanley Cup, and so I had to send him a twelve pack of my choice, and I sent him a delicious twelve pack of premium Milwaukee's best ice, and he uh, he wrote an article about it, and it was all it was a it was a rollicking good time for all involved. I didn't even uh, I had forgotten about this when in rereading it, but he's right. I actually spent about twice as much in shipping than it. Cost me for the beer, which I'm still very proud of, by the way. That was, I'm, I'm really, really happy that it worked out. But I'll actually, um, you know, I'll 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 do uh, probably a, a little bit better here. I'm not going to like uh, just get like a case of black and Miles and send that to a, to G if in fact this bet doesn't turn out. But that is the bet. The bet. The wager is that Deshaun Watson will not be the sort of quarterback that he is presumed to be right now in terms of a can't miss, no. Di- and by the way, I'm not saying this as in rooting against Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, if you are listening to this, I also love you. I loved you at Clemson. I I I, I, I I'm thrilled at the rookie season that you put up, especially considering that you got injured and that caused Houston to have a much worse year in improving our draft stock. You know, I'm just telling you how it is. I love you, but, you know, I love the Browns more and it's the way that it is. But I'm, I'm, I'm all about pulling for you to be successful because I think that you are an awesome guy. I think that uh, the the that um you know his being an nfl caliber quarterback with all the leadership uh traits that he showed and the the you know blood or the um, the ice water in the veins that he showed beating alabama for the national championship i'm a big deshaun watson fan i'm just saying as a uh, you know as a as a as an amateur evaluator of of nfl talent uh i just you know i'm just i'm 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 skeptical that what what's going on there is sustainable and and from the standpoint either of him regressing from in in his play or being injured because of the way that he uh that he does play and he's now even though he didn't get hurt uh, playing last year. He got hurt in practice, but now he's got two injured ACLs. I'm just – and I'm not rooting for it to happen. I'm just saying that's the bet. The, the bet is, is that he's not going to be considered a no-doubt-about-it superstar uh, that we were stupid to have passed up on. And, again, we'll have to develop some sort of metric by where uh, we will make that determination. Maybe it'll be a poll that we have to do amongst the community at the time. Who knows? We will determine that uh, as we move forward. But I, I am putting it here as a matter of record because I do honor – uh, my commitments and that is one that i am putting on record and the other one that i am going to do right now and i've done this uh i've done this actually on the chow i think and i've certainly done this privately with um the expanding uh facebook um, conversation that I have with uh a, a whole bunch of, of of uh derelicts uh featuring uh, two of the people that i just mentioned but also uh e and a couple of others that we um I, this is the prediction that i i am i am making this prediction here today it is right now uh just a little past uh twelve thirty here on march tenth saturday uh in twenty eighteen and I am saying this as so we are you know what, 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 what I don't know, like two months about, about two months away from the draft, something like that. A couple days away from free agency, and this is what I am saying unequivocally with with no fear, with um and and, and with the conditions being only the ones that I am stipulating herein. So I'm not going to be you know coming along and trying to Welch later on and saying whoa yeah but you, you, this didn't happen this didn't happen. No, nope. I am saying this point blank, and I am saying this without any. Ambiguity, And I am saying this from the standpoint of I am sure of this happening, thus I am putting whatever amount of credibility you think I have on this statement, which is if we draft Baker Mayfield, he, we will win eight games next year minimum. I will say that one more time. If we draft Baker Mayfield, we will win a minimum of 8 games next year. That is our floor. 8 games, Baker Mayfield if we draft him. Now, if we don't draft Baker Mayfield and whoever we draft gets us 3 wins, hey, you know, it's it's, it's I'm I I I I told you what we should have done. We did what we did do, um, and I'm not gonna. I'm not prepared at this point to make any sort of um, judgment on Tyrod Taylor. I'm just talking about my level of confidence in Baker Mayfield. If we, and I'm also, th- th- and that presumes quite a few things because I am. I am saying if we draft Baker Mayfield, we he will be the starting quarterback on opening day, and we will win at least eight games. And if he gets injured in week two, and we you know we end up winning four games, I was wrong, and you can start ridiculing me right then and there and that is by the way that is the, that is the compact i see i don't i don't make bets very often it's very few and far between i had a, i had a bet with uh btb for the what was it the 2015 stanley cup or whatever and uh i and i now i have this little wager with with gin and tonic and when when i do it it's very public and it's over something um that is you know like like ska has this ludicrous bet with pads i mean pads you know pads it, I, I love pads because he, 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 he just totally he, he just took scott of the wood shit and i love scott too but the the bet they have going on and i'll get back to the the thing with um with these guys but the bet that they have is that if 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 the indians who are going to be great this year the indians are going to win between 90 and 100 games just like last year they're going to win the al east or the uh, al central running away and uh they're going and they're going to go to the playoffs and if they just don't have a fluke series like what happened last time they'll probably go deep into the playoffs and hopefully when it's all said and done we'll be firing off fireworks uh in downtown cleveland for the second time in three years in late October, uh, but so, so the Indians are going to be fantastic this year. So what does Scott do? Scott bets that if um, that if the Indians don't trade, if they don't do a fire sale by the break, as defined by they have either traded either Miller or um, uh, Corey. If they uh, if if they don't uh, trade one of those one of those guys. Uh, at the back end of the pen, and then he has to quit DBN until the Browns win four games. I'm, I'm telling you, this is Padua. Just he just took him to the woodshed on this. And Pads, his his part of it is that if Scott is right and the Indians do fail and have to do the fire sale, which has absolutely no chance of happening, Scott, I love you, but dude, I mean, this is this is crazy. Um so when, when but that 's not going to happen, but if it were to happen, then pads has to quit dbN forever, of course, pads doesn 't care because dbN is just a seasonal home for him. He can just hang out on lbt uh, uh, all the time or or um, l g t all the time. Or he could just hang out at the uh, SBN affiliate Drivey Town. You know, he could do that. He doesn't he doesn't in other words he doesn't need D B N he just goes there really for no other reason than to screw with people like Ska. And I love it. I think it's it's really it's one of my favorite things about, you know, our community there. Um and and uh and and you know it's a it's a it's a wonderful tapestry of individuals and i was going to get into that last week and i didn't do that and it's a good way to close uh today's broadcast that i hope was edifying and um gave you know gave you something something to to, to chew on vis-a-vis the, uh, the the picks that were made of the the selections that were the the new dudes that were added to our team over the over the last day and if by the time you hear this we've done other stuff and i missed it again don't assume that was you know necessarily an attempt to deceive you um that's always it's it's always good to to question that whenever you know it's but but i'm just saying um i'm giving you the up and up on how i see things uh as as i know about them having occurred and uh and and so on so i'm i'm I'm, hopefully this was was you know it, it meant it was good in any way as far as that goes as far as you're concerned um but then the 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 the, the the way the community that we have here you know i mean it's it really done a lot of thinking about that and and by i say the community i'm talking really about you know, the the website uh, dogsbynature.com although of course i always have to anytime that i mention them i have to mention that we have no direct affiliation with dogsbynature.com we do not represent them in any official or unofficial sense there is no expressed or implied uh, connection or official relationship or association um, with them in, in any way although we do um, although we actually are and do and, and are all of those things because we we came from them. Um, but we, I mean, f- what I'm saying is like the, the DBN network. That's not even the dogs by uh, by nature network. I mean, it's, it's it could it could be. It's actually uh, always been something that we've never really clearly defined. Like it actually is just the do- the DBN network. The letters don't actually um, stand for anything uh, other than at the beginning of all of this. There was a disagreement, and so my select my, my choice was the dogs by network network. But you know, Manly wanted to call it something else, and Corey wanted to call it something else, and uh, and uh, By wanted to call Call it something else so okay so it's intentionally not any of those things it's just whatever you want it to be um so while we're not affiliated we do like them a whole bunch and we do uh want to promote and do everything that they do and that is really the foundation of where we all come from we all met and know each other and talk to each other and for the most part if you if you're listening to this you probably heard about it through uh dogs but if not go there it's uh, it's awesome and you know the the we we've had a couple of new newbies show up over the last little while, and you go to these daily you know eight hundred nine hundred threads that are just like. And, and you would think, right, if you were, I, I was trying to think about this the other day from the standpoint of an outsider coming to our little sandbox where we are one in thirty one over the last two years. We are, <clears throat> if you didn't know, because I always like, you know, uh, reminding people of this, we are four and forty nine in our last fifty three games. Oh, yeah. That is, you You think, if you, by the way, are a fan of another team and your team has fallen on hard times and you want to even come close to ever having a woe-is-me moment, I want you to think about 4-49 and 49 for a professional, quote-unquote, NFL football team. And by the way, it all coincided with the change to the uniforms. Just saying. So that is what we have been rolling with. Um, and, and prior to that, look, by, but before that, We had a seven and four stretch, which was all sweetness and light. But before that was 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 another landmine of uh, a minefield of misery as well. So it's not like, you know, we were juggernauts and had this rough period. We've been pretty bad for a long time. We've just been really, really bad for this for the last, especially uh, recent time. So you would think this is where the whole what I'm getting to with all of this. You would think that coming to our place, you would just have. Um, The most depressed and sad and frustrated and angry people on the planet. But yet you come to our place and it is just this unique tapestry of humanity that has somehow managed to uh, channel the gallows humor and uh, um, playful snark NATO uh, cultural um, Mores of our culture into this just, you know, daily place where you can just go there, talk about anything under the sun, and, and all of it can somehow relate back to the Browns and do it in such a way that. It's not. It, it's not depressing. It's 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 difficult even to explain. What we have there is just this such special, unique series of relationships, um, and it's almost like a support group. I mean, because other people, you look at go to other blogs, and I love my guy Sasanak because he's he's mentioned this when he, when he uh, talked about this in the "Why I'm a Browns Fan" uh, article that Corny did way back at the uh, uh, beginning of last off season. You know, he said he's like, you know, I go to these other teams' fan sites and. And... You know, there's like this, uh, this this sense of entitlement that they have out there with their and and I know exactly what he's talking about. You go go to um, uh, the <laughs> it, like Bup calls it the the behind the hill people um, uh, blog over there, the SBN uh, page for the Yinzers, and yeah, I mean that's kind of like not not to, and I'm not 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 trying to pour you know uh, give you Yinzers you lovable Yinzers any any uh, issues. I love you too. If you're out there listening, I'm just saying it's kind of that surface level argument and people you know the, the things that people complain about over there when you're coming from the standpoint of a team that's been successful, it's like that guy. It really, you really do have a sense of entitlement when you're complaining about that type of stuff. Over here, we're just like, look, it's like we were talking about last uh, year, I, like the, the whole, the whole one, just one more before I die thing. I mean, that was we used to say that about, just give us one championship, you know, just get, and then we got the Cavs championship. It's like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm ready, to, I'm, I'm ready. And then with the Browns, it's like, okay, maybe just give us just one more, just I don't know, period of, of, of not sucking for a little bit would be, would be cool. Um, and then it was. You know, maybe we just you know maybe one more playoff run, maybe you know just give us one championship before we die, and then last year it was like, seriously could you just win one more game before the end of my lifetime i mean i 'm almost forty, and I just would love to see just one one time i mean I maybe got i don 't know best estimates, I may have thirty or forty years, and I just want to see one just please I would love. You know you get to that that mindset you get to that that level and it, and it just w- w- between what we do there and even this little this you know little thing that we that I do here where i 'm just talking to you, i'm just i 'm just a dude you know we're browns fans talking to brown's fans and I just I just I think about these things i 'm passionate about these t- about this team, and I love the relationship that I have with the other fans and honestly i don 't know that I could have possibly put up with these last two years these last three years the last twenty years honestly if it wasn 't for that if it wasn 't for the relationship that I have with other people as it relates to this team because why the hell are we still putting up with all of this? Ask yourself that question and and for me it's i 've talked about this Before, it's just because I love this team. I just, I could not, I could not exist. Um, in this world, and be um, indifferent to the 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 orange helmets, uh, it, then uh, any more than I could, you know, take my heart out of my chest and continue living. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's 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 that level of of uh, and and I don't know why I can't really really put. I mean, they've certainly done nothing to earn that level of loyalty, but here I am. I'm just I can't I I, I there's no way I could ever 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 leave this team, and so. You know, I'm here. But then to find out that there are other people like that and that we just go about it in this matter-of-fact way on a daily basis where we have just witnessed the worst football in the history of the league. And... And we're still here. We're st- and we still and we basically still have the same attitude coming at it that we had going into it. It's a it's it's an amazing thing, uh, I, and I really do um, mean it when I say that it's unique, and uh, and it's probably fleeting. If, if you're a member of of it and, and you're a part of it, if, and if you're not, I highly encourage you to sign up and, and participate as often as you can. Um, but if you are a part of it and you know what I'm talking about, then man, hold on to it because it's it's it don't it ain't gonna last forever. Uh, but it's really really cool. And um, anyway. That's, um, that's, that's my uh, public service announcement. My name is Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It on the DBN Network. If you'd like to register any official complaints, like if you're the guy that was complaining about me b- bouncing from subjects all over the place, Bert, first of all, I love you too, and I appreciate you uh, voicing your, uh, your concerns, and, and I would ra- much rather you do that. I'd much rather you let me know what you are upset about, um, because first of all, you're telling me that you're listening to the show, and I'm just like, hey man, you care enough to write about it, that's cool that is super cool to me um anyway and so uh as i say the uh the 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 relationships that we have there that that means so much if you want to register a complaint you can do it in the comment section of the article that corresponds with this uh, cast if you happen to have arrived here via that on your social media apparatuses uh, that exist out there um or um Excuse me. you can also email me at easyweave at com, and also you can send me a note there if you think after listening to an hour and a half of me ramble on that you would like to do something similar to this I have to I can tell you without even hearing you that I would like to hear you do it as well so shoot me a note easyweave at com or the social media pages I don't Twitter as much as I should but you know at easyweave or and I don't Facebook as much as I should but you can certainly you know be my friend I spend more time on that Facebook than I have than I do that I have than I do and I have um, easy you know just look me up hit me up easy weave on facebook and you can also like the page uh the dbn network on facebook and that my friends is all of it i i, I will re to recap i'm um i'm 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 pleased the, I'm, I'm pleased basically pleasantly pleased with the moves made by john dorsey on trade night uh and on trade night friday twenty eighteen where uh, we picked up the combination of of uh, Demarius Randall, uh, Tyrod Taylor, and... Um Jarvis Landry Uh, I'm pleased with that and then also to recap we'll be going live on Wednesday for the most important free agency of our lifetime 2018 coverage starting at 3 p.m. also available by the Dogs by Nature uh, Facebook page I have the bet with uh, Jen and Tonic that uh, we will be uh, 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 commencing and and, uh, uh, settling on as it goes by where Deshaun Watson if he turns into a turd as the season goes along then he's got to send me a box of cigars and if he continues to be the stud that we were so stupid to pass on uh, as the season unfolds that I have to send him some uh, some of uh, Tampa's gold. And uh, then finally, my prediction, my bold prediction, that if we draft Baker Mayfield, we will win eight games Minimum, and with that, I bid you uh, the best out there. I look forward to talking to you. If I don't beforehand, I will talk to you on two on Wednesday. I'll probably talk to you beforehand, though. My name is Easy Weed. This is Easy Does It on the DBN Network. Have a wonderful week out there. Good luck. God bless. Take care. So.